0: Let's stop saying the episode. You know,
1: like, I just, I screw it up. It's this. Yeah, I think last week you were like, it's like a number between 60 and 80. I don't know. Yeah, he was like, by the way, uh, you were like 40 (laughs) episodes off. (laughs) Giant Robots Smashing Into Other Giant
0: Robots Hello everybody and welcome to the Giant Robots Smashing Into Other Giant Robots podcast. My name is Ben Orenstein. I'm here today with my compatriot,
1: Christian Toomey. Not Christian. Christopher, Christopher, although I I leave off the Tofer part most of the time. Chris Toomey. How are you doing, Ben? Nice to see you.
0: Uh, You too. Alright, so let's do some podcasting.
1: Let's do some podcasting. Uh, So today is the day where we sit down and we talk about what we did. This is that day. What's going on? Uh yeah. What's going on? Uh, Upcase. Upcase is going on. It continues to go. So last week, we talked about a number of things. We set some goals. So I figure I can review uh, where I got to on some of those goals, Mm -hmm. talk about what I'm thinking about for the next week, uh, and then just kind of talk about some of the things that I'm thinking about within the context of Upcase. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the first thing is, uh, last week, we as of coming into the episode that we recorded, we had released the Git course, yep. uh, which had been a long time in the making, so that was pretty exciting. Uh, I tried to couch my expectations on what that would do directly to the numbers, um, which is good because it's it, it's a big machine and it moves pretty slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did see 20 net new uh, subscribers Insofar as I can attribute them, basically there are 20 new people and the graph did kind of pop on the days following. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's across a week. That's pretty good, that's 580 in MRR added on top. So Mm -hmm. I feel good about that as kind of a quick win. Uh, But then we also set up the longer term drip sequence Mm -hmm. uh, for the drive-bys for people that are coming but they're not ready to purchase an Upcase subscription at that point but they are interested. Mm Um, So as a reminder, that was set up. uh, If you authenticate, go through GitHub, you'll get access to the first three videos, but you'll also be put onto a drip email sequence. Mm -hmm. So it's actually, it's going out slower than I expected. This is the first time I've actually managed a sequence through drip directly. The sequence is being, is mailed slower? Yes. So part of that is I had configured it for Tuesday through Thursday, and then I sort of turned on Monday, and I think I might have mixed some things up. Hmm. Um, Basically, i had written the first two emails, but not the last three, but I wanted to get it live. So I launched with just those two emails existing, Mm -hmm. uh, and then I added in the third, fourth, and fifth as I finished those out, I think on Monday of this week. Uh, So I may have caused some inconsistency in the timing sequence. I think everyone's still going to move through it. Uh, but at this point, some of the high points on that are we have 350 people in that drip sequence. Nice. So comparing that to the most recent launch before Git was on ramp to them, uh, we saw something like uh, nine in the similar time frame, nine actual conversions. So we're seeing more from Git automatically. Nine conversions or subscribers? Uh, yeah, nine nine subscribers. So back when we did on ramp really? Uh, the immediate like seven days following, we saw nine net new subscribers. To Upcase, not the sequence. To Upcase. So there was no, uh, this was the original launch of OnRamp to Vim. So there was no drip sequence at that point. Basically, we blogged about OnRamp to Vim. We said, here it is. And people could either buy a subscription to Upcase and start watching the videos or nothing else. Yep. Um, so I think we lost a lot of traffic. A lot of people came, said, that's interesting, and left. Yep. And that was the end of the interaction for them. So comparing Git and just direct subscriber count, I think we're doing good. We've seen 20-ish people directly subscribe. That Mm -hmm. sounds good to me. Mm -hmm. And we have an additional 350 people in this drip sequence, which we had zero when OnRamp launched. Yep. Okay. So So maybe another 20-ish maybe. Who can say I'm really interested to see uh, how that goes. basically the structure of the, the sequence. We have the first three emails are about Git, about git in general about the course and one more that's kind of like git is worth putting the time into trying to sell the idea that it's worth investing in learning git yep Uh, so those are the first three and then four and five are generally about upcase Mm -hmm. so four is here's a lot of the stuff that we have on upcase and five is yeah try out upcase uh so no one has actually received the fifth one yet So we're looking at uh, eight people so far of the 350 have received the fourth email. Yeah, so you don't know yet. So I don't know, Uh, I'm really interested to find out because there's a a big bulk of people that are gonna move through that sequence and then it's gonna taper off for a long time and we'll see a few kind of continuing people showing up to the page, authenticating and going through that sequence but we have this big, massive people going through and I have no idea how the conversion numbers are gonna wash out in the end. Are you pretty happy with those, what you've seen so far from the launch? Direct subscribers, 20 seems good. That's, you know, almost, it's half a thousand dollars that we added to MRR. That seems good. I didn't really know what to expect comparing it again to on rep to Vim. It's better mm. in the rough numbers that I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, additionally, I think getting 350 people into our long-term marketing machine mm-hmm. seems good. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what the immediate conversions will be based on that one sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but following that, they kind of just stay in our marketing funnel until they opt out. It'd be interesting to, as you get more numbers, calculate what the
0: value of somebody who enters yep. the list is, because um, I'm sure it's not zero. Yep. Um, so that is that is nice. That actually may even be better than the 20 people you picked up as like direct subscribers.
1: It's possible. I mean, it's going to be a long-term, very long-tail uh, conversion process, I think, for a mm-hmm. lot of them. Uh, we do have one subscription from that 350 so so far the value is 29 dollars divided by 350 i think Mm -hmm. so not huge but i'm hoping that we'll see more on that Mm -hmm. but nonetheless i I think overall i'm happy with those numbers Uh, the 350 going in particularly i think there's good things that we can do with that Mm -hmm. Um, getting people into our world so that was git that was uh good so i didn't actually list that as one of my goals i was like Git's done i'm good i launched that but i forgot that there would be a lot of follow-on tasks yep so between last week and this week they were actually finishing out those emails uh trying to do some outreach and get some tweets and things going out into the world to discuss that this git course is out there Mm -hmm. um so that definitely took up some time yep just going back for a second the the 20 signups for the the git thing actually feels lower
0: than i would have expected especially since it's it's such a huge process to make the thing right? Like in terms of number of hours. yep. Um, like LTV on 20 people is something like five grand, mm-hmm. something like that, which is good. But like, if it's not a lot more than that, then it's hard to justify the time. I mean, like months of work, right? Um, if it doesn't turn out to be, you know,
1: Yeah, so there more are positive. a couple of caveats, I think, to that. So one is these are net new subscribers. So mm-hmm. there are more people that signed up mm-hmm. than that shows. Yep. But we also had people canceling. So our our kind of baseline went up by 20 people. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's $580 every month rather than just $580 at any given time. Yep. But yeah, so there is, looking at at the number 20, it's not as high as I would like to see overall. Mm -hmm. But also this is going to shake out, like this will continue for a bit. Looking at the on-ramp, it did kind of trickle and continue for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, attributing to this specific launch is also very difficult. I don't know... What exactly was driving someone to subscribe at a given time? Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think, and given that like the product needs to
0: have good content in it to be a good product. Yep. Like everything that you add to it makes it better for everyone that signs up later. Right. Um. And also the existing customers. But like, I, I guess we were talking last week about marketing efforts for the launch, mm-hmm. and I wonder if we could get more of a, or if you can get more of a lift from a yes. major course launch like that in the future with maybe thinking
1: more about how do we launch this thing? Yep. Yeah. So I'm definitely doing, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about those things and I agree with the sentiment that like 20 okay. It could be better. I think it needs to be better. Yeah, it needs to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm thinking about those aspects. Uh, so two things are we can, I think, focus better on an individual launch. And it's not done yet either. Like actually just this morning I said, hey, Ben, do you you think you could tweet about that? Mm -hmm. Um, And you have a reasonable Twitter followership. So if that goes out, that's useful. And I'm trying to think of who else and how else can I do this? Mm -hmm. Um, I also, uh, I tend to be like, all right, I've announced it, I told the world. Now I I stop talking about it. Mm -hmm. But trying to put on my marketer hat Uh, both the upcase twitter account and thoughtbot probably are due for at least one or two more mentions of it Mm -hmm. Uh, and those will each drive a little bit more traffic so it's something that can be ongoing and so thinking about it like we got 20 people in the first week it's definitely not over Um, so things to think about there but we are thinking about it and i think we're we're going to head in that direction Uh, the other thing is that course took way too long to produce Um, when we think about the uh since I've joined the project in April, we've launched the to Vim and Mastering Git. Those are the two courses that came out in addition to the weekly iterations. But mm-hmm. thinking about it in like announceable trail type things. Yep. That's it. Like four uh, months per right. per major trail So that's that's way too long. Um, So one of the things that I'd listed as a goal uh, last week coming into this week would be getting the next course started. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I actually have three in development now and I'm considering a fourth. So my idea is let's get a lot of irons in the fire and let's distribute this across ThoughtBot a little more. Mm -hmm. Um, So those three are being handled by people other than me. So I'm directing them. I'm having meetings saying like, hey, let's, let's build an outline. Let's get to this milestone and then sync up with them again and say, all right, let's take that outline and convert it into a repo or into more detailed show notes with examples and into exercises and things like that. Um, But so I'm trying to figure out how to transition more into like a content director role than being the sole producer of the content. I think that's really smart. Yeah. So I still, uh, actually probably over the next week, I plan to start developing a course that I'll be leading primarily because there's no reason for me to do nothing on that. Uh, But trying to have a bunch of those moving at any given time, I think is hopefully going to be a useful strategy and my goal would be, I don't know, something like a course a month coming out. Mm-hmm. And that's partly because I think these releases, if we do the marketing right and if we do the outreach right, uh, can be good movers of the uh, of the revenue and customer count. Mm-hmm. But also because looking at the content that we have on Upcase, there are some holes and some gaps and some older content and things that... Overall, if we can clean all of that up and just get a better content catalog, I think every person coming to the site is that much more likely to subscribe. Mm. So that will help in conversion and again, in the like flywheel sense of things, getting this to the place that we want to be. So So in your mind, content is the number one thing. Like nothing's more important than that right now? uh, I mean, if I'm going to answer honestly, and it's a terrible answer, it's we have nine different most important things. Uh, Not nine, but um, I think simultaneously... Continuing to push on content is always going to be incredibly important. Mm. Uh, like, I don't see a time where that's going to stop. Why not? I don't, I, I guess a different way to put it is I, I don't see that on the horizon anywhere <laughs> near. Yep. Uh, I, I do have a picture in my head of what a sort of complete curriculum might look like on Upcase. Mm-hmm. Um, and particularly having Ragu on the project and having his insight both being uh, more on that end of the spectrum, more in the consumer of Upcase space, and having worked with a ton of consumers of Upcase. Uh, he's been invaluable in figuring out what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do have a sense, but it, there's a there's a lot of things on that list that mm-hmm. we don't necessarily have an upcase right now. Yeah. Uh, that said, if we get to that place, it could be more of a maintenance scenario where, when the next new JavaScript framework comes out every other week, okay, cool, we have to re-record that, but otherwise, we're not necessarily driving new content continually. But looking at how much how much of a gap there is, that's going to be true for a long time. We have to be producing content. Mm-hmm. that's my thinking, at least. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. It seems like you'd want to get to a point eventually where you're like, we are mostly complete in terms of the things we want to be teaching. And so, yes, there's some maintenance burden of updating those things yep. or if our practices change, updating those things. But... Uh, at some point, you would love to get off the content wheel, perhaps, or yep. like at least spend less time on that so you can focus on other parts of it.
1: Yeah, I think ideally that's true. And actually looking, taking a step back, I would say if I can push on it and be re- releasing a course every month, then maybe at the end of next year. At this time next year, we could be in a place where we're more steady state on content and we're only doing new weekly iteration when they drop Action Cable out of nowhere from right, the sky, yeah. that sort of thing, uh, to do kind of incremental updates, but not necessarily... The fleshing out of the content, um, because I th- I think there is a sense of Upcase having a, a singular cohesive curriculum, yeah, rather than being a continually growing right. thing. So
0: right, yeah. because like if if all, if you just keep adding to it, it kind of gets less and less manageable, right? Like yes. that's like the pl- plural side approach or something, which is like we yeah. got forty thousand courses and now we have fifty thousand courses, and yep. it's like okay, I mean that's kind of nice if you want really niche topics. Mm-hmm. But it seems like uh, the Upcase model is kind of more like, there are some skills we think you should have. Yep. Just, we know what's important. You should focus on these things.
1: Yeah, in the sense of Upcase is the next best thing to working at ThoughtBot full-time. Yeah. Or it's the next best thing to taking the, the to joining the ThoughtBot apprenticeship. That's the theme that I'm going towards. And that does, in theory, have kind of an end point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that said, for a long time, content is king. So definitely content will remain important. So you think for a, a year, roughly? uh uh, presuming i can continue to push on it as hard as i want to yeah yeah and then maybe we can we can ease back but it's at least a year of a course a month something like that Mm -hmm. additionally alongside that is just general marketing stuff um so another of the goals that i had from last week was get a checkout test live or not a test but get a revision to the checkout page live uh so made some good progress on that but did not complete it so that will probably roll into this next week Mm -hmm. but that's next week uh, I don't know, something like two to three days. So okay. we'll see how much I can get done yeah. in those. Um, but I'm I'm reasonably far along. And at this point, I'm basically trying to get to a place where I can call it and say, there we go, we're locking this in. This is a better foundation. Um, of the check-in checkout
0: page? Yes. Okay.
1: Um. And so we had a, a conversation last week that did kind of push at the back of my head. But I, I think I'm sticking with my plan of doing this as a, I'm just going to change it. And we're going to go forward and we'll do time series and make sure it's not falling off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a strong expectation. We actually do have h- some historical data from a VWO test that we did uh, on the checkout page that showed, yep, if we if we kind of change these things, if we emphasize ThoughtBot, if we emphasize community, a few other things, that this page converts better. Um, so that's what we're going towards. The other aspect of it is I'm trying to actually break it into two parts. So there's currently a big form with lots of fields to put in your user information and then a, a credit card field. Uh, And you fill out all of that at once, and then you click Submit. Mm -hmm. If you're a signed-in user, you don't see the user info. But if you're new, if you're just coming through this funnel, you see that full field. Uh, So what I want to do is design it so that the first thing you see is just a big button to sign in with GitHub. Um, Currently, 80% of our users sign in with GitHub, Mm -hmm. even though it's solidly the de-emphasized choice on that page. Mm. Uh, that said, also a lot of people have already authenticated for one reason or another, and yep. that's gonna be more and more true over time with the auth to access and giving people samples of courses and things like that. Yep. Uh, and I really wanna lean into that. It seems like just about everyone is into that in our community is fine with authenticating via GitHub, so I wanna make that, it's just a big yellow button that you press. Then from there you come back and you see the form for the credit card. Uh, but the idea is if you click that first button and then you don't fill out the credit card form, uh, you're now in a state that's roughly described as abandoned checkout or abandoned cart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now if you've gone through the GitHub thing, we have your contact information. Mm-hmm. We can follow up and we can say, hey, looks like you were trying to purchase upcase, uh, but it seems like you didn't finish anything going on there. Anything we can help out with, any questions we can answer. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to get to a place where that's there, where we have just a little bit of cleanup on that page and get that live and be able to say, all right, we're, we're good with that for now. Yeah, so that's a, that's roughly where I was with the checkout, and then that's what I'm planning to do as well this week is is round that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last thing, uh, so we talked about some of the new trails that I'm hoping to produce, got some work in on that, had some meetings with people to basically get all those in motion, so I'm really happy with the work that was done on that. Nice. And then the one course that we do have in post-production right now, uh, Ragu's working on the notes for that, so that's driving forward, and we should be ready to release that Sometime early next year, early in the January time frame. Mm-hmm. So, in the sense of keeping it to roughly a month, uh, we're good for now. What is it? What is it working on? Uh, I don't know if I want to. Do I want to say wanna spell uh, it? Yeah, I can spell it. Uh, so, this is advanced active record querying. Okay. So, this is Joe and I, and Joe went crazy and showed how active record uh, plus some SQL mixed in can do some crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, honestly, every time I watch Joe use active record, I'm like, all right, cool. There's some good stuff there or use SQL in general. Mm-hmm. Joe knows SQL way better than. Either of us, I think. Yep, for sure. Yeah, so that's a that's a good one. I learned a lot in recording it. It's mm, um, a great sign. Yeah, exactly. So I'm excited to get that one out there, and I think it fits well. We haven't had much new Rails content lately, mm. and so that's nice to have a bit of Rails content, particularly a bit of advanced Rails content, coming in. So cool. That's a, that's that. a
0: stumbling point for people, I think. Actually, yes. The record is big and
1: kind of hard. Yes, yes, it is. So I think that's most of the stuff. I have a lot of other things that I'm thinking about, but I think that's enough of an update for now, and I can discuss some of the other adventures in future episodes. So uh, how about you, Ben? What have you been up to? What are you thinking? Uh, So this week was good. I'm actually...
0: It's been interesting knowing that we're going to record these episodes for a little bit. definitely. Because it's affecting my behavior uh, in a mostly positive way, it feels like. For instance, I had a kind of a rough day last week at one point Mm -hmm. because... Things have been mo- mostly actually totally moving in the right direction uh, on like revenue wise. Yep. And it's been like good day, good day, good day, good day. And I was feeling super pumped. And then I had like one really crappy day yep, yep. where like a couple people, ca- like a couple people canceled that had like big plans. Ooh. Like we lost someone that had $125 up per month of forms. Yep. Uh, and then like someone else canceled and someone else's credit card expired. And it was just all of a sudden like the thing just dropped a bunch. Mm-hmm. And like Form Keep, that's, those are big numbers. Yeah. Like revenue's only like 4,700 or something. So yep. it's like when hundred and two hundred dollars of MRR washed out the door, it's like, ugh. Oh. Yeah. But knowing that we were gonna have this, I was like, you know what? I'll I'll bring it up, I'll talk about it. You'll understand. You'll be able to empathize and Absolutely. like it'll be fine. And actually made me like feel better that
1: day just knowing that we we're gonna chat about it at huh. some point. Interesting. Yeah. I'll uh, just to quickly comment on my thoughts on it, I've I've definitely felt a similar uh, I'd say a pressure, but in the good sense. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know that I said things and no one else in the world has heard it other than I guess Tom, but people will hear it. By the it, time they hear and, and this, I, they will have heard it. Yeah, so there, there is a kind of time commitment thing going on and I think it's had a very positive effect. It's, It's focused me. It's been like, well, at a minimum, I should definitely get those three things done. Mm-hmm. And I know that there are times in my life when I've gotten none things done in a given day and I look back and I'm like I was really busy all day but I can't point to a single meaningful kind of bottom line thing that I did and yeah. I think uh, this structure has really helped. Mastermind I think is the term mm-hmm. yeah. um, from Dale Carnegie maybe something is it? like that. Hmm. Something like that but uh, yeah I, I definitely recommend it I'm I'm interested to see how it goes for kind of the long term mm-hmm. but I'm into it It's it's been good. Yeah
0: I also hope people like listening to it. mm mm-hmm. I mostly have sort of let this thing be whatever I'm interested in at the time, and I'm hoping <laughs> it continues to work. Yeah, uh, it's a little different than our normal format, so like we'll see. Yep, uh, I'm curious. We missed some feedback last time. Hopefully, there's well, there's more feedback this time too. Absolutely, I'm happy to hear like what you think of this new new thing. Um, but let me let me dive into it. Uh, so my goals from last time were to finish removing Ember from the app, to finish the five static site pages and to a b test and activation sequence and uh some good some bad in there uh ember <laughs> removal is still in progress mm-hmm. i had eric uh, collins in the new york office working on that full time uh, which is nice but he's off uh the project this week uh i asked him when he f- wrapped it up and sort of passed it back to me like how long he thought was left and he said about a week which probably means it's about three weeks yep um somewhere in there yeah <laughs> um not because his estimation skills are bad, but just because that's how it always goes. Estimation in general is one of the hard, hard problems. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I've, there's been so many times in my in my life where I'm like, it's a week, and it's like, yeah, it's not, it's not a week. Mm-hmm. So the nice thing is that's happening in parallel. So I've been able to do other stuff. Um, so Ember's coming out, which is good. Um, my other thing was A/B testing and activation sequence, and so what I was thinking about doing was basically emailing people a bunch of times. Like if you sign up and you make a form, but you don't like submit anything to it, it's like, okay, like we're gonna send you an email if you. Right. do that but you don't subscribe to it we're gonna send you an email and um i decided to i, I was thinking about that and i actually that's kind of this point of view of like people aren't doing what i want them to do i'm gonna i'm gonna bother them until they do what i want them to do mm-hmm. and then i i was thinking about it more and and i realized if people aren't doing it it may be because they're getting kind of stuck in the sign-up flow sure Um, And so what if I just improved the signup flow first or tried to improve it uh, and then work on like reminding people and like kind of nudging them?
1: When you say the signup flow, do you mean the whole, so like post signup activation sequence as well? Like getting your first form set up, getting your first hit to the endpoint, all of that you would uh, count in what you're describing here, right?
0: Yeah. I'm basically saying after you create an account, Mm -hmm. everything that goes from create an account to to paid, which are basically their four steps. You make a form, you submit to the form. Yeah, so you, you actually sign up with a username and password, yep. you make a form, you submit to the form at least once to prove that it works, and then uh, you subscribe to the form and you pay for the form to unlock it out of sandbox mode. Okay. Uh, and so I was like, well, we're, we have a certain completion percentage in there, let's yep. get it higher. That's like that's basically the money funnel right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so rather than just like harassing people to try to get more of them through, which I think will we'll probably have some result because some people just got busy or forgot or whatever, um, but it's clear that my guess is that some people are just kind of get stuck or they don't know what's happening or, right. or it's too complicated, so they bail out or yep. whatnot. Uh, so I actually instead decided to do some user testing, okay. uh, which was really great. Uh, so it was actually very easy to set up. I just tweeted about it. Cause, like mm-hmm. fortunately my audience is the right kind of people. Like, yeah, I just developers slash designers um, and had four volunteers in a very short period of time uh, and just ran like four 20-minute user tests, mm-hmm. which is kind of like, let's look go to the landing page what do you think this is like what do you think the product does Um, sign up for it try to create your first form talk out loud and just learned a ton i basically came out of it with 20 pretty solid like ux to-do items Hmm. it's awesome to watch someone that doesn't know your product use it Right. like what's i don't even know what that word means it's like oh yeah like we basically made that word up i, I don't know why you wouldn't know what it means or like just seeing people get confused over like what like this is described this way over here and it's described this way over here or like the thing on this button doesn't really seem like it gets me to the next step that i want one of the biggest things i noticed was like the very first f- the the new form page where it's like okay you're gonna add mirror to make a form now uh had a whole bunch of like optional fields on it mm. so it was like all you really all we really need is a name. Yep. That gets you to the next step. But there's like five other options on that page. And what sort of options? Um, like what's the the redirect URL URL going to gotcha. be? Like after you submit the form, where do we send you? Right. Do you want to make an autoresponder email? Like if do you want everyone who emails you so yep. oh, submits an email to the form, do you want them to get an email? If so, what? Okay, we support Markdown. Okay, how did, like here's a preview of the mark like right. just yep. Yep. there's a lot there. Uh, and so the fa- there was actually a pretty big fall-off rate where people would enter a user in, enter an email enter a password, create an account, get to that page, and be like, yeah, never mind. And it was something like 60% of people would just bail out at that point. Hmm. Or it was Yeah, it was either 60 or 40. Like it was A big number. A big number. It was like a whole bunch of people just like got to that
1: screen Half and were like, ish. ugh, too much, goodbye. So you, just to, to be clear, you have the concept in FormKeep of... Let's call them samplers because that's the term I've recently used in Upcase. So okay. they're people who you have their contact information. They're a user in your system, but they're not a subscriber. They're not paying you money. Correct. Okay. And they have the ability to create. A form, but that form is not live until they say I'm I'm paying for this and it's live.
0: That's another thing that was like kind of a distinction that was lost on people. It's like okay. what do I get with free and what do I get with paid for? Right. And we're kind of like we want you to pay and they're like why though? <laughs> uh, and it's like it doesn't really stay there anywhere. Um, so when you first sign up, uh, your form is all your new forms until you pay for them are in sandbox mode, which mm-hmm. means you can only see the last f- or five total submissions to those forms. Right. And so if you get new ones, we don't throw them away, but you can't see them. You have to like delete entries to like get. To them so uh paying gets you out of sandbox mode is the gist and also it removes our branding from your autoresponder emails right two things that were basically not spelled out in the ui right right which is like <laughs> just such a silly like not a silly mistake but like it's as soon yeah. as someone asked like what do i get with free and what do i get with paid it's like right oh yeah we don't really tell you that
1: yeah, I, I actually like, as you were saying it, I wrote down a note to myself like, I should I should do this too. I should just give out a free month of Upcase to a handful of people and say, all right, but you gotta sign up on a Skype call with me and I'm just gonna sit there and watch and listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think Upcase has a similar, you sign in, you go to a page, we have a welcome page that kind of talks about the different stuff, but eventually you get to the quote unquote practice page, which is the main listing. Yeah, And it's kind of just a wall of content. And I'm guessing the vast majority of people get there their eyes go kind of wide and then they close the tab and go read reddit or something really and maybe they come back and then probably not and we lose a lot of people that way yeah um so i'm i'm into that and there's like really good stuff on upcase it's buried not
0: buried but it's like it's accessible through the header navigation yeah which people might not ever even click right like i would encourage you to also like write up some tasks for them yeah be like like go find uh the flashcards on the site right and then just see if they can do it. Yep. Because um, it, it's just surprising, like, things you think people are going to see. Like, you right. know where everything is. Yes. And, like, there were, like, buttons that people just missed. And mm-hmm. they were, like, okay, I didn't realize there's there configuration options underneath yeah. this thing. It's just
1: it's so enlightening. I think, yeah, that that idea of seeing just completely fresh users, seeing seeing your app through their eyes is mm-hmm. hugely important. And that's that's a great way to do it. Mm-hmm. The thing that I want to come back to, though, is you. it sounds like you had the idea of I want to build out the sequence to get people activated. Yep. And then you backed away from that and went to more of a, an exploratory place. But do you plan to now go back to building out that sequence? Or are you shifting focus in a more significant way?
0: I think those emails will make more money. Okay. And so yeah. they're they're pretty high on my list. Yep. Some, I mean, some people just get distracted. Or even if I just get decent responses to the emails, like, what stopped you? Exactly. Like, maybe I'll get some themes about, like, oh, well, I didn't know I had to whatever or something. Yeah. So I think... I think we will make more money if we send those emails. And so mm-hmm. they're, they're fairly high on my priority list. Yep. But I'm also really leaning towards like making the product better all the time. Like emails that push you to activate are kind of for my benefit. Like I want you to pay money. I want you to get value from the product too. Right. But it's kind of like I'm not coming to you with much. It's just kind of more like, hey, like, you should go back to that thing.
1: Right. I mean, I, th- I think we had the conversation last week when you first brought up this topic, but... Um, I'm definitely sold on these as being a win-win. Mm. So basically, like you have a user and they exist in this purgatory-like state of, well, I've, I've, I think I want this thing, but I got here and I'm, I'm kind of lost in how to use it. And so, anything that you can do, they can either get them to the place where they're like, you know what, never mind, this is not for me, and they leave, or. They're actually activated, they're using FormKeep, they have it working, or in my case, they're actually mm-hmm. they've found a great trail and they're they're learning something new. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's good to push towards that. Um, and I'm I'm into the idea of like the onboarding sequence and kind of even the annoying sort that's like, hey, you joined, but you, you haven't you haven't done this thing yet. You still haven't done this thing yet. Yeah. You should probably do this thing, or else you literally can't get value out of this service that you've just signed up for.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it is I guess it is mutually good, but I don't want people to get stuck because the product is not good and I need yes. to like rescue
1: yep. them with email. Right. So I like the approach that you've taken where you're looking at it from a more fundamental, more like what are the actual root causes, not just the symptoms. Yep. Symptoms are people going away. But what's the root cause it's unclear. Mm-hmm. Let's solve that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what you were just describing a minute ago of coming back to those emails and particularly wording them in a way that's like, listen, I am I am Ben. I am here. If you respond to this email, I will receive it. Mm -hmm. And I'm super happy to talk about anything that is stopping you on this process, Mm -hmm. helping you get your first form set up, whatever that means. I'll jump on a Skype call, especially for now being super accessible in that portion so that you can talk to as many people as possible Mm. and help solve all of that. Uh, and then you get to the point where that gets more automated, where the documentation and the pages are much more clear for people to move through. But for now, just being like, I'm, I'm going to get my hands in there, get, get dirty, and figure out what's going on with people.
0: Yeah, it was pretty clear yeah. after watching a handful of people do things uh, that this has got to be a core thing I do all the time. Yes
1: yeah i think uh, i'm thinking i've not really d- i've talked to a few users just after they signed up but i've not really watched anyone just start using the app or use the app in general yeah um, and so i think that's something i'm taking away that i need to do mm-hmm. so again yay masterminds yeah totally i'm a big
0: fan of sam altman's uh playbook mm-hmm. uh and he's, he's a y combinator yeah president yeah. i guess now yep. i think so it was just basically it's it's a, a nice little document on like how do you make a great startup mm-hmm. and he says at yc we basically tell people that you need to talk to users and improve your product and that's about it right and like see your family exercise sleep these mm-hmm. are like the like the five things you do and they also talk about how if you can just make your product like five percent better every week it compounds like crazy that uh sounds like so, a lot actually knowing sh- how compounding works. right yeah yeah um and so I've been trying to take that mindset of like, how, how is the product actually better? Like, I think sending activation emails is like, okay, we get some people over the hump that just got distracted or yeah. whatnot, or like we connect them with me and that might be useful. But like, actually making the product better is kind of, is a much better long-term thing, I think. Yep. Oh, absolutely. I, I agree with that. So, um, and the product is now better than it was last week. Like, I used that information from the people to make a bunch of changes to the onboarding flow. I added actually a lot of copy. That was kind of one of the big hmm. things was I, I pulled out things I could, like right. those optional forms I deferred to later. Right. Mm-hmm. So like we're asking you for less information up front and then the next page which is like okay we've we've created an endpoint for you uh now you need to integrate with us basically and Mm. i i there's like five times as many words on that page now Hmm. Uh, and the ones that confuse people are gone and then there's a lot of clarity hopefully a lot of clarity on there but to me the actual next step is not the email sequence it's to run people through it again yeah and see okay now is it better yeah uh did the changes i think are going to improve the
1: process is it is it actually improved process right now? there's um a great sequence uh that rob walling of drip and startups for the rest of us and all of that uh he described on the podcast in one episode which we can likely scare up and then again in a video uh where he was talking about how he took his app hit tail from a certain point to 10x that point in revenue mm-hmm. and one of the the like things that he did he refers to as operation retention Uh, and in it he talks a lot about this sort of thing he's like just people were not sticking around they were not getting in there and doing the right thing and it sounds actually much more similar to a form keep style than to an upcase style but still the same I think the same ideas could apply to me but definitely to you where he was in the like I've got to figure out what's going on with people so I talked to a ton of users I emailed everyone who had just canceled I gathered as much of this information as I could and I just iterated time and time again and I think what you're describing of you're going to do it. You've made a couple changes. Now let's send some more people through and watch how it works. Mm-hmm. And then try that again and try that again and just keep fine-tuning that as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems like generally a good investment of, you know, yeah. foundery time. Yeah. Sending you a founder So That same person, Rob, talks about minimum path to
0: awesome, mm-hmm. which is like the more people you can get to actually have that, ex- that experience of, wow, this product is useful. I get yeah. it the more money you make. He's like, that's like yeah. highly correlated to revenue in his mind.
1: It's so. interesting. We, you and I have talked about that a few times with regards to Upcase and I've yet to figure out what that, like I'm I'm super sold on the idea. For Upcase, I've, I'm not sure what that is, but I really want to figure it out because I believe in that as a thing. And I think that that, if we can get someone like you signed in, you just subscribed and you've learned something. Yep. And you're you're better now, you're happier, you've got another piece of knowledge in your head, and you attribute that to upcase.
0: I mean, this sounds like a thing you need to talk to your customers about. It is. Like gotta, why are they signing up?
1: Yep. Like they'll tell
0: you what their what the awesomeness is to them. Right. And you can then figure out how to give it to them.
1: Well, so I mean we've heard that, and a lot of it is I want a community, I want to level up, I want to I want to grow my skills. And those are a little more abstract.
0: Right. So yeah, I mean, so you might you might need to just dig into that more.
1: Yeah, that's true. So I, I think to your point of, I need to talk to my customers. Like, yes. What is community? Like which skills? Yeah. Like uh, all that.
0: Uh, so yeah. So that stuff is now live. Uh, I have my early like results on the funnel are look are they're very limited sample data, but looking better. Like we lost a, used to make lose about fifty percent of people at that first creation of form step. Mm-hmm. Yesterday we got a hundred percent of people through that step. So. That's pretty cool. 100% of how many? It's, it's less than 10. <laughs>
1: less, okay. All right. So, we'll, you know, statistical yeah, so, honesty, yeah, yeah. we're going to keep that as part of our conversation. It's, but almost, still, it's
0: almost Christmas. You know, there's not a lot of people coming through it.
1: Still, though, 100%... It's good. Yeah. I'll take like eight to. out
0: of eight versus, you know, four out of eight, which is yes. what it would have been historically. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Hopefully that will continue. And my guess is, it sounds like you're doing the right things there. So even if it's not, you improved it and it's now perfect, right. my guess is that you've improved it and moved the needle solidly on that aspect of your funnel. Yeah, so. I'm actually, but I'm actually really excited. Like
0: I'm, yeah. I like letting my energy kind of guide some mm-hmm. of my efforts and I'm really excited about this thing, which is like stay really close to people that are, are using the product that are top, yep. that are signing up for it and just keep... Sanding down those rough edges. Yep. Like there's going to be just a million of them that I have to just go tackle and just make it better and better and better. But I feel like this is this is the way forward. This is the way that we end up with an awesome product that a ton of people go through the funnel and mm-hmm. they get great value and they love it and they say sign up and everything's cool. Right. So there. Yeah. That was the thing. User <laughs> testing. Um, I'm also running an A/B test on the landing page because mm-hmm. I'm kind of, of the, I'm of the belief that you should always be running an A/B test on yep. your, your landing page. Um, so we've had the same um, the the 20 on these things. Everyone says is basically your. Your title, uh, what they headline? Yeah, headline. Yeah, headline. Yeah, headline, and then a subhead, uh, and then calls to action are sort of third. Yep. Um, so I'm running a test with three variants of the headline and subhead
1: uh, for it. Is that a combination? So it's headline and subhead, and you have three variants of those. Right. Each, so not each of the variants but,
0: yeah. varies both those things together together okay yeah. they are a cohesive unit right which makes exactly. sense because would, yeah right you <laughs> want them to, to make sense together right? right so it's like okay here's the headline this mm-hmm. subhead reinforces the headline by saying right. more words but it's still of the same theme uh so it's way too early to tell how how that's mm-hmm. doing but i'm glad that it's running yeah that's it, it should be yeah one of the big things that I'm, that I'm trying to figure out and this <laughs> i need to talk to more people because that's the answer to everything mostly is we talk about forms on form keep but we don't we don't do forms like, we t- like the first yeah. page on the form key thing is create your form, but you're not creating a form. You're creating a unique URL to post to from right. any form anywhere. Yeah. Um, and so we keep like mixing this terminology of form and endpoint right. and backend. And it's not my, in my testing with people the other day, like endpoint and backend, people kind of make the right guess, but not mm-hmm. everyone does. So like I, I, we got to stop talking about forms in a certain sense hmm. and start talking about a word that means a place you can post to from a form. And there's not a great word for that yet, but like, I think maybe if we're going to use a word like endpoint or backend, we need to explain the hell out of it and talk about what it means to us and, right. and, and, uh, and get more clear about that. So that's one of my, that's one of my upcoming goals is getting
1: the language Yeah, that's a, That is interesting. Good luck. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. We'll we'll see. But, but again, I think the the answer is to talk to people and say, does that word make sense to you? Like when you right. read this, do you understand what it is? Yep.
1: What do you think it means when I say this? Exactly. Nope, that's not it. Oh yep. god. Back to the drawing board. Yep.
0: Yeah. I think it's close. I think most people are actually kinda yep. guess correctly when they when they see this stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm sure there's people on the margin that it doesn't click for right away. Yeah. Like, well, I think if
1: it. nothing else, moving away from the language of like build a form, you are making forms. It's, it's, it's your form pre-existing Correct. and our and the new endpoint we create for you or the new whatever you want to call that. But make sure it's distinct from the form that exists totally. already. It's yeah. like if you had Dropbox marketing by like create some
0: files. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Not, not quite right. Yep. Uh, So that's running, uh, and that just gives me the warm fuzzies to have, like, tests running. Yeah,
1: always tests. Uh, Are you testing your landing page? Uh, Are we testing the landing page? I don't think we have anything running right now. So we just hard-coded, as of last week, uh, the big, big test Mm -hmm. that we had run. And so that laid a new foundation. And that is, I guess, in a sense, we're time series testing that to make sure it holds. So we were running that as Visual Website Optimizer, go in, squish the DOM, do crazy stuff. Now it's actually, I'm serving up that HTML and CSS, normal, legitimate stuff, and it seems to be holding a solid uplift in conversions of people actually clicking onto the checkout page from there. Cool. Uh, so that's good, but we need to get a real test, another real test on there, I think, so, yeah. Um,
0: the other thing that happened uh, this last week that I thought was interesting was I read the Priceonomics blog post on content marketing, mm-hmm. which blew my mind. So, Pressonomics is this Y formerly Y Combinator, I guess you're always Y Combinator alumni, who mm. initially st- said, we're going to make pricing guides for the whole internet, or for all products, basically. Like, if you want to know how much a used iPhone should cost, we have the answer, kind of thing. Uh, and that business turned out to not actually work that well uh, <laughs> for them. Uh, but along the way, they started writing blog posts, and the blog posts turned out to be phenomenally successful, mm. um, getting mentioned in major publications and bringing them tons of traffic. And so, although they eventually spun down that business, they kept uh, their, like, web crawler, scrape the web kind of mm-hmm. technology and also just started writing these kind of incredible blog posts uh, and generating money from that by then selling that data to businesses. What um, data? Uh, the data that they scrape. So, the sorry, yeah, it's not a great explanation. Uh, <laughs> so, their their blog is, like, they say 90% just interesting things that are, like, tangentially related to their business of what should things cost. Right. And then in like 10% of their posts they mentioned, by the way, we have this like data scraping service. Hmm. Uh, so if you want to buy this, hey hedge funds, if you want to know things like this. Right. And so they wrote a blog post about how they do content marketing, which is for them is basically writing just crazy good blog posts. Hmm. And it was mind blowingly good. Like this was like I couldn't sleep. I had to read this whole thing kind of blog post and it's like probably fifty thousand words. words maybe longer maybe a hundred thousand words uh it's almost a book they said that we they thought about making it a book and then decided to make it just like an epic
1: blog post i think i might have seen this but didn't read it uh uh, now i'm gonna have to tldr um uh, tldr
0: their stance is if you do what most corporate blogs do you get it's almost not worth the time to Mm -hmm. do it like if your blog posts kind of suck and they're pretty average uh then it's not worth doing at all in Mm -hmm. terms of roi uh, but if you can write stuff that's way better, it's ex- how you have, you'll have an outsized impact and right. amazing uh, ROI from that. And their, their stance is you should write about data. You should write about information. So uh, they think the, blo- the best writing is things that put new information in the world. Hmm. And ideally, it's information that your company is, uh, has unique access to. Okay. Uh, so this is where like all their like pricing stuff came from because like yep. they can, they have these super powerful scrapers and so they can like they wanted to see like how much one of their posts that did really well one of their like first breakout hits was what is the cost of staying in an Airbnb versus a hotel across the country hmm. so they scraped every Airbnb listing and like every hotel they could yeah. get to and then determined like what the what the price savings uh, cost savings was it's was about forty percent by the way um, staying at Airbnb versus Airbnb, a hotel yeah okay so I think it was right around there like thirty eight percent. Um, and so that post did incredibly well, and in it they're like, "Oh, by the way, we also do like data. We do this data scraping for businesses. If you're interested, and like right. just you know made them a ton of money." Um, but so that that was information that like they had access to and could get because mm-hmm. of who they were that other people couldn't, and that po- p- that piece got p- picked up by tons of like major publications, Wall Street right. Journal, things like that. And so they're all about this approach, and so it, it's had me thinking about what kind of information do we have with FormKeep? Yeah. And there's actually some interesting stuff in there. So we're actually about to cross a million submissions. Uh, I think that'll happen like within weeks. Uh, we're in the 900,000s right now. And so... There are some interesting things you could look at. One idea I had was one um, of the most commonly misspelled email addresses, mm. like domain-wise. Yeah. So, like, run some sort of, like, Levenstein distance between, you know, like, look, detect typos, basically. Like, is right. a G, like who, how do people misspell Gmail, Yahoo Mail? Like, mm-hmm. if there's a major email provider and you're a couple of characters off, like, count that as a misspelling. Yeah. And I think there's, there's there are other things, too. Like, what time of day is popular? What time of, like, what day of the week is popular? hmm do forms of different lengths get different numbers of submissions? That's an interesting, Do forms that have yeah. accessibility, um, different accessibility levels get better, like more submissions? Do you have visibility to that? I sort of, I can kind of go get it. Um, so because we don't integrate, we don't have anything like any JavaScript or anything on people's sites. Mm-hmm. I can't see the form right away. But when people set things like a redirect URL, I right. can figure
1: out what their domain is. So I can kind is of... Is there tell. something that comes in with the actual post body that says this came from um, here?
0: I don't... F- think so okay that wouldn't be a bad thing to add to the default form though just like add a hidden field that's like refer like you know the whatever yeah. domain refer would there be a refer in there i don't think so anyway worth looking at but worth looking at but i can go grab a lot of these things based on some smarts yeah if i, if I think about it yeah uh, but so I'm, I'm interested in trying to do some some of that so like I said last week, we're working with uh, audience ops for some content marketing. But mm-hmm. like they're never going to understand our business as well as we do. right? Like They're not going to be able to write. I, I don't think they're going to be able to write posts that are as good as
1: I could create with a bunch of work and a bunch of data. I imagine that. that helps fill out the long tail and hit some of the other keywords and some of the other concepts that you want to be tangentially related to in Google's eyes. But in the sense of like making a blockbuster post that might go viral and things like that, which is notoriously hard, just so mm. we're clear. Totally. But, uh, in the sense that if that's something you're going for, likely that's going to come from you and not from an outsourced company. Yes, is, definitely. That's my best guess on that. Yeah. And so I've been thinking about, Peter Drucker has an amazing book
0: called The Effective Executive. And he believes that one of the big things that successful executives do is they f- focus on their strengths Mm -hmm. like they bring in people to help sort of take over the parts they suck at Yep. but they have like one or two like world class abilities and they focus on those abilities and I think writing is a strength for me okay Back in the day when I was like blogging regularly, I was like pretty good actually. I was like gaming Reddit for a little while, like I was doing like thirty to sixty thousand yep. you know unique people from Reddit back when Reddit was a lot smaller by like mm-hmm. figuring out like what would the programming subreddit want to see, like right. what does the pics subreddit want to see. Yeah, and I was writing these posts that like actually like did really well, mm-hmm.
1: and I haven't really leaned into that since. Um, a little bit on the Thoughtbot blog. Here yeah, I mean, it, when we were working on Upcase together, I definitely leaned on you for that. Uh, mm-hmm. I knew that that was something that you had a strength in that I did not necessarily have as much of a strength in at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely can see that. And I, I think in general, thinking about like, this is what I'm really good at and then finding other people. Like for me, marketing is something that doesn't necessarily come as naturally to me. Uh, so we've actually worked with an outsourced consultancy uh, that helps with marketing and this coming in and kind of pointing out like, your buttons should be yellow because buttons should be yellow or orange on the internet. Mm-hmm. Just statistically that's true and helping with thinking through uh, those sort of things. And so figuring out your strengths and your weaknesses and you know, kind of outsourcing the weaknesses mm-hmm. uh, I think is a great idea. Yeah. and, and just, leaning into the strengths in this case.
0: Yeah. And and going back to that that energy thing, like creating a world where I can work on the things that make me most excited yep. means the stuff I'm going to produce is going to be better than anything else. Yep. Like I'm not going to do as good a job on X if I don't like it. Right. So I'm going to lean into this a little bit. Yep. I think my goal basically for, I'm not really in next week, but sort of the next time we talk um, is to have a solid start on this thing. I'm expecting it to t- take a lot of time, mm. uh, and Pressonomics agrees with that. That like our stuff takes you know 40 hours, 60 hours sometimes to make a single post. But
1: yeah, it's an investment, definitely.
0: Yep, and especially if I'm trying to do some data crunching and all that. But I'd like to try one and see what happens. You know, like put something out there and see how it goes. So I think that's going to be a big focus for me. But yeah, that was roughly it. Cool for, for the week. Uh, so why don't we wrap up? And uh, we are going to try. Uh, Uh, I have some questions here that we're just going to run through quickly. Sure. The goal is short answers. Uh, And we'll each answer them. And uh, we'll try to do it week by week to just kind of track what's going on. Interesting. Cool. So uh, do you have an answer for why the product is better
1: for your customers than it was last week? Better for our customers than it was last week. Minor addition of content, weekly iteration, but otherwise, no. Okay. Uh, Git would be the one before that, right? Git Newcast would be the one before that, and that's a nice big... That, that's got some kind of lingering effects, I think. But yeah, we, we move a little bit more slowly, I think. Uh, and I, I've been doing less app-type updates. So, mm-hmm. But
0: yeah, gotcha. For me, it would be the the changes to the, the onboarding yep. flow based on the user, user testing would be the big thing. Uh, what have you done to acquire more customers since last week?
1: Uh, launch Git and then continue to follow up on the email sequence that's going out and then getting additional people to tweet out and blog and things like that to get more traffic coming into that. Cool. How's that? Is that going okay? Yeah. Yeah, we started with that conversation, picked up some subscribers, have a bunch of people in the uh, email course. So excited about where that's going. Um, Acquisition
0: stuff. I haven't, I don't think I did much acquisition stuff this week like some basic tweets and things like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm working, I talked about Wistia, and uh, continue to work with them a little bit I guess that would be the biggest chunk of time was making sure that they have the stuff they need to start yeah. teaching their people to teach their customers to use FormKeep. We'll see if anything happens. Yeah.
1: And as an aside with these questions, I think it's probably fine that some of them were going to say like mm, didn't really move the needle on that this week based on the fact that we have smaller teams working on these projects but it's good to have them all in mind, I think. I guess. To me, if the product isn't better and you aren't working on acquisition, like that was not a great week. If you know. both of those are no's, but if one is solidly a yes and the other's a no, or vice versa, I think I'm okay with that, but it's yeah. interesting. I want to I wanna think about this a little bit more offline, too. Yeah, uh, yeah. if both are no's, then what, what happens? <laughs> That's a bad week. That's, yeah. uh,
0: but I think ideally both, both would be yeses. Yep. So, uh, I mean, obviously ideally, but I think
1: that should be like a, actually a pretty reasonable goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you do well this week that you want to repeat? Uh, outsourced. I got some other people working on courses. Mm-hmm. Uh, made myself less so of the bottleneck. out of on the, the critical path. That's, That's huge. Yeah, That's we'll huge. see if I can continue it because it's going to take repeated follow-ups and support of the people that are working on it because mm-hmm. it's not their full-time thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm hopeful. Cool. Uh, for me, uh, talking to users, mm. getting
0: getting people that was that was huge. Uh, what did you do poorly that you should reduce
1: uh, or less well? We'll say. I think I let myself get distracted working on the checkout again. That's not necessarily my forte, and I, I kept talking myself in circles around aspects of it. Mm. Um, so I've since actually just this morning had a meeting with our marketing team and saying like, all right, we gotta we gotta pick a way to get this done because I'm it's taking up too many of my cycles and distracting me when I'm trying to work on other things. So gotta get that done and out there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: For me, it actually would be
0: the fact that I haven't didn't really work on acquisition this week. Didn't okay. work on tra- traction. Um, I had a goal of, of finishing five the five stack site pages. Every time I look at that to do item i just like decide to do something else yeah and i really want i want to do an experiment of it and i don't i can't just do one i need to have like a handful out there i think hmm. so I, I just i think i just need to crank through those does um, that have to be you that's a great question
1: i guess it doesn't really know i think you can probably like build an outline they all should roughly have these things and then push that out into the world and even just find so so true technical people not necessarily like random copy editing group but a technical person to say like hey please write this yeah that's i'm gonna do that that's that's so smart
0: the other thing is like i just i didn't feel quite as focused on my like to like paying attention to what my my to-do system told me Mm -hmm. i should be doing it was kind of like Come on in and see what's going on, and like, what do I feel like we're gonna working, on working by feels
1: rather than working by lists? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Just and like I th- the thing, I f- the thing is, I got done. I thought I think we're pretty good, mm-hmm. but I feel like I got less done just because I spent more time kind of fiddling and not just yeah. not being so purposeful
1: there's an amount like I find when I'm really fastidious and follow my lists and keep the lists well managed that I I do feel better but it, it takes consistent effort to come back to the list to make sure they are maintained yep. but whenever I'm not doing that I'll often it, those are the days where I get to the end and I'm like I did a bunch of what, what did I do today those things, <laughs> I don't know that anything really got crossed off yeah it seems like pretty much anything
0: worth doing takes consistent effort huh. like, all the good stuff is just that's rough just a lot of work yeah
1: But at least we know the answer now. Yeah, (laughs) right, exactly. Uh, What do you hope to do by next time we talk? Uh, I got three. So I would actually like to have the checkout live. Uh, Want to kind of revise our analytics. I want to be able to better answer. This week we had this many visitors, this many samplers, this many subscribers, conversions, things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. So we're working again with the marketing team on that and should be able to get sort of a dashboard together. Uh, And lastly, we have a persistent nagging issue on Whetstone. So Whetstone is the exercise system that supports upcase and basically whenever someone adds a new public key to it uh it takes like seven and a half minutes and blocks all other operations and this is a problem that That has just been growing um so i've talked to joe who originally implemented the exercise system i have some ideas in mind but this is definitely one of those things that like the site will be better for it but not and no new features are added just this thing's going to get kind of unstuck and only in a partial way Uh, The main thing for me on this is just don't write code. Mm -hmm. Switching to more of a product role from a developer role is really interesting in how I view code. And this is actually something that Joe, our CTO, uh, I kind of have his voice in my head all the time. Whenever I think about a new feature I wanna add to anything, his voice is like, do do you need it? Mm -hmm. Is that required? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Are you sure it's worth the maintenance burden of that code you're gonna write? Mm -hmm. Even though like, Whetstone is actually some of the most interesting and well-architected code from a solid and all of kind of those ideas. And it still takes a lot of maintenance and it still breaks sometimes. We broke email sending one day by switching the server. No, we broke all of the Git operations by upgrading the server. What we thought was the most mundane of operations, taking it from like Ubuntu 2010 to 2014 or something like that. And suddenly Git didn't work anymore. On our Git server, it's like, oh God, this is awful. Uh, So mostly I want to take all code out of everything, but in reality it's basically just fixing that one issue on Okay. Um, for me uh, the blog post as I
0: mentioned uh, I think that 1 million milestone is also kind of nice will maybe Mm. help give that post a little extra like oomph possibly Uh, so diving into that like how do I write a a super amazing blog post about that Uh, make sure the ember removal keeps going Hmm. Uh, it's stalled right now uh, in the sense that no one's working on it so I need to make sure that doesn't happen uh, because it's gotta gotta get done. And then also I wanna test again the sign up flow with new people. Mm-hmm. Run some, run run a few more folks through that and possibly do another round of okay, there's some things are still not clear, let's fix it again. Yep. And just make sure that five percent a week just keeps happening. Cool. Cool indeed. Uh, well hey, uh, I'll see you in a little while. Probably like two weeks. Probably two something weeks. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, giant robots is taking off the Christmas week. Christmas. New Year's. Yeah. They're kind of scrunched together. So yeah. Yeah. So um Yeah, I guess we might not talk for two weeks or so. Probably. See what we can get done, slash
1: have some vacation and actually see our families and such.
0: Yeah, let's do that part and also let's crush it.
1: (laughs) Giant robots crushing other products with giant robots? Absolutely. All right. Awesome. I'll see you next time. See ya. Today's show was produced and edited by Tom
0: Obarsky. If you'd like to access the show notes for this episode, you can go to giantrobots.fm slash 177. Thanks for listening.